So here's the story, and it's, it's kind of a story maybe you've heard, heard before. So once upon a time, there were these three little pigs. And the three little pigs had a mama pig. And the mama pig taught the three little pigs, out in this world, there is a big bad wolf. And you got to watch out for the big bad wolf. And we don't have your dad anymore because the big bad wolf got him. But you are grown now, and it's not time for me to be taking care of you anymore. And so I'm going to send you out into the world. And I'm going to give you a little bit of money to help you get started. And so off the three little pigs went. Older brother pig, middle brother pig, and baby pig. All right. And off in the world they go. They're trying to figure out. And, and what they know, they're going to build some homes. They're going to build some homes. And, and so they, where, where should we build a home? And they come across a lake, this beautiful lake. And it's kind of, it's kind of like where pigs go to party, all right, in this lake. And, and the, the, the younger two pigs are like, this is the spot. This is, this is where we need to be. And the older pig, who was a little bit more responsible, was like, yeah, okay, okay. If you guys want to be here, we can be here. And, and so now it was time to take their money and uh, go to the house building store in Little Pig Land. They have a house building store. You go and you, you buy everything you need just to build a house. I don't know. In fairy tale land, you can build houses real quick and you can do it all by yourself. And, and that's the way it worked for these pigs. And so they, they, went, they went to the place and uh, the littlest pig, he was looking around. And they had different types of uh, materials. They had straw, and they had wood, and they had bricks. And the salesman was explaining to the little pig how it works. He said, now look, if what you're looking for is to get done quick, what you want is the straw, all right? But it mostly just keeps the rain out. It's, it's not going to be very protective for you. Um, but it also doesn't cost very much either. And the little pig could hear the music from the lake, right? And he, he wanted to get out and go uh, water skiing. And he was like, man, I do not want to spend all summer building my dang house. He's like, I'll grab some straw. And so he went and he built his house out of straw. Now, the younger brother, as most, uh, or the, the next youngest brother, the, the middle brother, the peacemaking brother, as, as is often the case, uh, is a little bit more moderate, a little bit more responsible, right? But he still doesn't want to waste all his summer. And he says, tell me about this wood. Oh, the wood's pretty good. The wood is very protective. About the only thing the wood won't keep out is a big bad wolf. That's about the only thing that can take down a wood house. And he said, I, I, I've heard about the big bad wolf. Um, have you seen him around here? Oh, no, 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 the big bad wolf. Not, not been around here, not at all. And so he goes, okay, I'll, I'll take the wood. And he had a little bit of money left over. And him and the little pig, they, they bought a boat with the money left over and they were just water skiing all, all summer long. Now, I think you know where the story's going. The, the older brother, the older pig, he didn't even look at the straw, he didn't even look at the wood. He just saw bricks, keeps out the big bad wolf. He said, that's what I need. And the guy said, how much money do you have? 
He said, I've got this much. He said, I, you, you can't afford it. He said, what do you mean I can't afford it? That's not enough money. And so the, 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 big, the, the, the older pig said, well, can I go on a, on a payment plan? He said, yeah, you can go on a payment plan. And so the, the, the older pig went out and got three jobs so he could uh, responsibly take care of his payment plan because he knew better than being in debt. All right. And so, so you've got these three houses now. The youngest pig, boom, built, the, built his house in like two days and partied all summer. The, the, the middle pig, he built a, a nicer house, kind of had some people over, you know, it was pretty cool, but they, he was mostly out there hanging out. The older brother pig, man, worked night and day, night and day, finally was able, like, as the, as the year was coming to a close, he finally put up his last brick uh, in the cold. And now they have their three houses. Well, the next summer came. And all the pigs were out partying again. And now everybody had their house. And another pig showed up down by the lake. And he built a tent. Just built a tent. That's it. Real big tent. And he was like a really cool pig. All right. If pigs could be cool. This pig is cool, right? And all the people at the lake who were partying, would, he would, the, the older brother pig would, would see them go hang out in this tent. And, and after a while, even some of the people that were partying stopped partying and it just, they, they were doing something in that tent. He wasn't sure what. But every time he saw people come out of the tent, they look really happy. And he always kind of wondered about it. And um, then one day, and this was the day you knew was coming from the very beginning of the story. One day, news came to the lake. The big bad wolf is in the region. The big bad wolf is around. And everybody was like, I don't know if I believe in the big bad wolf. I've never seen him. You ever seen him? I heard about him once. Mm. And they just kind of kept doing their thing. Well, one day, a scream went out. It was a scream of a pig getting eaten by the big bad wolf. And everybody scrambled. Everybody scrambled. Everybody ran. And the youngest brother looked up and he could see the big bad wolf put his eyes on him and started chasing. That's beautiful. Thank you for that sound. And he ran into his straw, straw house. And his little brother saw him and his brother ran with him too. They ran into the straw house and the big bad wolf came. And he knocked on the straw house. He said, let me in. And they said, no, you're a big bad wolf. We were not going to let you in. You're going to eat us. We know how this works. He said, then I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. And they were like, okay. And he huffed, he puffed. And sure enough, I don't know how wolves do this, but he blew the house down. He blew the whole thing down. And they just, ah, they ran. They ran to the next house. They ran to the wooden house. And they jumped in, they shut the door, and they were in the wooden house. And, uh, and the, 
the, the middle brother's pig said, you know, they said that this can't keep out the big bad wolf, but I think it will. I think it will. I think it will. And, 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 and he knocked on the door again. Hey, little pigs, little pigs, let me in. And they were like, we're not going to let you in. We just told you that. And he said, okay, well, then he, he said, I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff and I'm going to blow your house down. And he blew the wooden house down. And so they had to run and they ran. They ran as fast as they could with a, with a, with a wolf on their heels into the brick house. Shut the door. And you know the rest of the story. But before the, 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 the wolf came back and kept knocking and tried to come through the chimney, the older brother was sitting upstairs looking out the window to watch what the wolf was doing. After he knocked and they wouldn't let him in, before he went up the chimney, he walked over by the tent And the older pig looked at the tent and he said, anybody in that tent is a dead pig. And he watched. And the wolf walked right up to the tent and then stopped and walked away. And he came back and he came down the chimney and you know, he was boiled alive. We know the story, right? But after that, after that, the two other brothers said, hey, can we move in with you in case another big bad wolf comes around? And the older pig said, yeah, sure, sure, you can live with me. But then one night while he was sleeping, he had this thought, you know, my brothers are kind of stupid. They built a house of straw and a house of wood I'm not so sure that I can trust them to lock the door at night. And I'm not so sure if someone, if the big bad wolf came in a disguise and knocked on the door that I could trust them to keep the door locked. And so the older brother pig went out and bought some more bricks. He built, he built a giant wall around his whole house with enough space between his house and the wall to build a garden. And nobody in that land ever saw those three pigs ever again. All they saw was this big wall where once there had been a house. And that's the end of the story. The three little pigs in a little bit different way of telling us. So. so today's passage is from the book of John, which is not a surprise because we've been going through the book of John for about three months. So no big surprise. And as we've been going through the book of John, we've been noticing that John has all these I am statements from Jesus. And so we covered I am the bread. And we're, you know, that, that was deep, a little hard to figure out. I'm still chewing on it. And then uh, we talked about Jesus saying, I am the light. 
in the story of the blind man and how Pharaoh chose not to see. And if you think you can see and you don't need God, that you'll end up blind. And then uh, I went out of town and Jonathan preached on Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. And then last, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about Jesus saying, I am the gate. And that's what I want to talk about today. I'm going to read this passage, John 10. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is a shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. No big surprise. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. We don't build too many walls for protection anymore. But back in the day, Back before there was air warfare and cannons that could shoot missiles and rounds over the top of anything, what made a city great was the size of its walls. And so the audience that Jesus is talking to, for them, walls mean a lot more than what they mean to us, especially in this time that we are living in, all right? Walls were, were meant they, they weren't kind of meant to protect us. They were the only protection sometimes. And if you had a wall, you were protected. If you didn't have a wall, pretty much anybody could come and overrun your town. And when a shepherd had sheep, if he wasn't going to stay out all night long with the sheep and try to stay awake, uh, if you were, you were kind of a, a luxury shepherd, you would, you would build a fence that would keep your sheep from wandering off and hurting themselves, but also would protect them from big bad wolves. The wolves couldn't get in through the, through the gate or through the, through the fence. And so this idea of building a wall is kind of foreign to us, but the reality is, is we understand that we are people who need protection, all right? And we're living in a strange time because what the way we protect ourselves now, for the most part, is we have people called police, we have things called laws, and we have an army. And it's the fact that we, we have those things 
we have those to protect ourselves. If, if a police car drives by, what does it say on the side of it? To serve and to protect. That's the way it's supposed to work. And to be honest, that's the way I thought it worked until I moved to Chicago. That's the way it used to work for me. I understood the police were there to serve and to protect me. But here's the thing. The reality is that there are all kinds of things that are supposed to be in place to protect us all of our lives. Your parents are supposed to protect you. Uh, your parents are supposed to provide for you uh, a shelter that you can stay in so you can be protected. Your parents are supposed to equip you so that when you're older, like the mama pig, you can go out into the world with an education and with the wherewithal to buy your own house and take care of yourself. We have uh, ownership protection. There are laws that say, if I have the deed to my car, James can't just say, I really like that car. I think I'll just take it. Um, he can't say to me, oh, I didn't know it wasn't yours. Right? Right? You know? We, yeah. Not that James would ever take my minivan. That reminds me, that was my protection. I used to let guys stay with me, and my protection was to have nothing. You want to steal my 10-year-old computer? Go for it. So we have all these things that are supposed to be in place. I tell my kids, if anyone ever messes with you, you let me know. And if they tell you, if you tell your dad, I'm going to kill your dad, you know, don't get in their face then. But you come tell me anyways. Nobody's going to kill your dad. Your dad walks with Jesus. All right? Parents are supposed to protect their children. Laws are supposed to protect the nation's people. But in our nation, laws have protected certain people at times and other people's not. The police are supposed to protect citizens from thieves and robbers and murderers. But in our country, that was not always the case. If 3,000 people showed up at your house because you were black to burn it down, suddenly the police were not around to protect you. That's history on the south side of Chicago. And so what we see is there are supposed to be walls in place that protect a community and that protect a child too often in our lives, we find that the protection that we were supposed to depend on wasn't there for us. We weren't protected. And the tragedy of human will is that, that God gives people the responsibility to protect, and if they fail in that responsibility, those that are supposed to be protected are not protected. If I've become addicted and 
I give my whole life to an addiction, whether it's my work addiction or substance or relationships. I won't be able to be there to protect my children. And I've got, I've got a brother. Hey, bro. I got a brother who shared with me his story. He said, my mom was out partying all the time. And she had a boyfriend that came in and he acted one way around her, all holy, read the scriptures. As soon as she was gone, he abused her. He said, my, he said his older brother used to um, make all the younger kids fight each other till they bled. Because he was trying to get them ready to, to know how to defend themselves. And, you know, Kevin and James can tell us all day stories about how protection failed people where they grew up, where people weren't safe from violence, weren't safe from sexual assault. And so what I know when we start talking about Jesus is the fence, and we talk about God making a wall around your life in a context like this, there's a whole lot of people that have been let down and not protected the way they were supposed to be protected. There's a whole lot of people that have deep wounds. And, and feel like there really is no protection for me. And also feel like, God, where were you? Why didn't you protect me? And what happens is any of us, I don't care, you could be a white sheltered guy like me, no gunshots in my neighborhood unless people are shooting geese or something. <laughs> Nobody ever died from gun violence where I grew up. But I got hurt, I got bullied. I have wounds too. In their significance, they don't seem as significant, but where I have wounds, where I've been hurt, I put up walls. I put up protection. It's, it's what we do. That's what people do. That's what people do. But the reality is, guys, that... Um, if you build a wall, but you don't build a door or a gate, you're, you're in trouble. <laughs> because pretty soon you're trapped with no way out and you're stuck with yourself. And so that's why every town that had a wall had a gate. 
And that's why all throughout scripture, you hear about gatekeepers. Because it doesn't do any good to have a gate if you let the big bad wolf in and lock the gate, right? Because now you're trapped with the big bad wolf in the walls. And this happens too. And that's, that's what happens when kids are under the protection of somebody and they let something into the household that is destructive. The kids are trapped with that destruction. When a government lets something destructive into a community and doesn't uh, keep it out, the, the people in that community are trapped with that destruction. God cares about that. God cares about that. And so to you today, I think God would say, I am the gate. I'm the gate. The Bible says that God is the gatekeeper. Now, I don't understand it. It doesn't seem fair why some of us are born into homes, born into church, born into fellowship. And so we have God as our protector. And some of us aren't. That's not fair. It's not fair. But I would caution you that if you've built up so many walls, your own walls, that you won't let anybody in and you won't let God in, you might have, you might be trapped. And so we, we have walls in this community. You know, we don't have gun violence for no reason. People have guns because they, they think that's how they're going to protect themselves. Right? And, and it's because of that. So, so at a certain point, we, we have to say, are you going to let God protect you? Yeah. Or are you going to let the gun protect you? We got people that they hurt so badly inside. They were let down so deeply by the people that were supposed to protect them, or they were abused by the people that were supposed to protect them, literally abused by them, used by them, exploited by them. There's so much pain that their wall is, I'm just going to be drunk. I'm just going to be numb. I'm just going to be stoned hard escape, right? I'm going to watch TV 10 hours a day. I'm going to put on my headphones and play video games till my eyes bleed, right? And see that the story, the story of the Bible starts, starts exactly like that. It starts in a garden. And we want to know what we know happens in the garden is that Adam and Eve disobey God. They they decide to decide what's good and evil by themselves. 
And once they once they eat that forbidden fruit, they the Bible says they immediately knew that they were naked. And it's so weird. How can you be naked and eat something and then know you're naked? All right. If you're naked, you know you're naked. Eating something doesn't let you know you're naked, right? That doesn't make sense. The reality is once they once they ate that fruit, their fellowship with God, the way they knew it, had been broken. And I think once they ate that fruit, the boundaries that were around their own passions and desires were torn down. You see, we not only need walls around ourselves to protect ourselves, we need walls around our own desires to protect ourselves from ourselves. If I'm angry, I need boundaries around that angry. If, if, if I have a sex drive, I, I need to have boundaries around that drive. If I want money and power and agency, I need to have boundaries around that to protect me from me. And here's what's interesting. You know, they mess up. They disobey God. They mess up pretty bad. And they immediately know they're naked. And God comes to them and he says, where are you? And Adam says, the woman you gave me made me eat this fruit. And when I ate it, I realized I was naked. So I wanted to hide. Adam, all of a sudden, for the first time in his whole life, felt vulnerable felt unprotected from himself and from the world. And all of us feel that. All of us feel that. And God rebukes him and he, he lays down some judgments. He kicks him out of the garden. He puts some curses on the serpent and on the woman and on the man. Life just got a whole lot harder. But at the end of all of that, God does something. It says he takes some skins and he covers Adam and Eve in the skins. They blew it. They blew it. America's blown it. Your parents have blown it. You have blown it. You were supposed to not be vulnerable, but you found yourself vulnerable. You blew it, your parents blew it, somebody blew it, and the protection that was supposed to be there for you is no longer there for you. And even it wasn't when it was your own fault, you were the one who brought the boyfriend in. You were the one who moved in with the guy. You were the one that let the woman give you something, and now you're a, a, a slave to it. You're the one who joined the gang and did what they told you to. And now you have guilt in your life. And you feel vulnerable. You're the one who messed up. And it's all your fault. And you might even think, I don't deserve protection anymore. 
I deserve this. I should be vulnerable. I should be in trouble. I should feel danger. I'm just going to have to take care of myself from now on. Because I don't deserve anybody's protection. God comes to Adam and Eve in that state and he covers them. He covers them where they're vulnerable. And from that moment on, what you see throughout Scripture is God is always extending his protection to humanity in its fallen state. And he's here today to do the same thing for you. 